The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm really happy to be back here at the Inn, you know, and to see a lot of familiar faces and a lot of people I know. So just a little quick introduction. Uh, my name is Stephen Michelle. I graduated last year. Uh, I... I attended the inn all three years, was part of the student leadership, got to know all these people here and just had a great three years. I am currently at Fuller Seminary studying for a Master's of Intercultural Studies, hoping to get into the ministry and the mission side of things. Tonight, I just want to continue our conversation. So the summer inn, our topic has been Jesus through the eyes of Peter. In the past, we've talked about the calling of the first disciples. Peter walking on water, and then uh, last week Chris talked about to whom shall we go. Tonight I'm continuing the conversation with the question, who do you say that I am? And this is a question that Jesus poses to Peter and the apostles. Before we get in that, I kind of want to ask you guys, have you ever had someone just kind of like stop you and say, who are you? I don't know if anyone has ever had that question asked of you, but it's one of the most awkward questions. I remember one time I went out and this is like in the first couple of weeks of being at like a church at the church I'm at now, kind of hanging out with these people. And we're at Red Robin, a bunch of people were eating lunch. And this person there just kind of stops, looks at me and just says, so who, who are you? And a, that was really awkward because every, because when the person asked, everyone stopped and kind of like turned and looked and was kind of waiting for my response. And secondly, I didn't really know how to respond in that moment because it made me pause. It made me stop and think. I almost like jumped off and said something, but I paused and I was like, who am I? Like, who am I really? I can tell them everything I do. I can tell them all the, like, the, the people I know, what school I'm going to and everything. I can tell them, hey, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, which is awesome, you know, but at the end of the day, like, who am I really? And the story tonight, we kind of have a similar question. We kind of have a similar moment where Jesus comes to the apostles and he stops them and says, hey, who am I? Like, who do you guys say that I am? And it's a moment where it forces the apostles, and especially Peter, to stop and really think about their relationship with Jesus. I imagine in the moment, it was kind of an awkward question. Like, Jesus kind of stops them. He stop, he t- First, he takes them all the way out to like the edge of the boundary of Israel to this place called Caesarea Philippi. He takes them out to Gentile country, which is, it's primarily all Gentiles, which you don't know there's Gentiles and Jews, and they're pretty separate, not too fond of each other. So he takes them out to a location where they're just probably a little unsettled, probably a little like, where are we going? Why are we all the way out here? And then he stops them in the middle and just says, okay, guys, who do you say that I am? So just to kind of jump into the text, the text for tonight is Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 18. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And I'm just going to stop there for a sec. So see, already Jesus stops him and says, hey, what do people say about me? He's kind of getting a feel of... I think he's getting a feel of what the apostles kind of think too, disciples. Okay, outside of you guys, what are people kind of thinking? And it's actually 
in that culture, in that day and age, to say he is one of Jeremiah or Elijah, to most people, that would have been a great honor. Because these guys are, in Jewish culture, high up there. They're the prophets. They're kind of the top prophets, really looked up to. And so they're in a way, they're honoring Jesus by saying, hey, these people are saying you're like one of the prophets. And to continue on, but then Jesus follows up with, but who do you say that I am? So it's a moment of where he says, hey, here's what I'm, I want to know what everyone else says. Okay, but now what are you guys saying? Like, who am I to you? It's kind of like a moment of like, hey, let's get real about this. You guys have been traveling with me for a while. You've seen what I do. You've gotten to know me. Now, who do you say that I am? And then we see Simon Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now, just kind of to dissect a little bit of what Simon Peter answers, he says, you you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. I think for us, it's easy to kind of glance over that and push it off. But for someone in that day and age, for Simon Peter, for that to say it, there is a great weight to what he is saying. See, during this time, they've been under Roman rule. They've been conquered. Their nation's no longer really their nation. They don't have their own land or anything. And they have been all... A bunch of the prophets have been talking about a Messiah who's going to come, who's going to come and save them and be their conqueror, who's going to come and free them from Roman rule. And so in this moment, Simon kind of has this, Simon Peter has this moment where it clicks for him. He clicks, no, you are not just one of the, the prophets, like people are saying. No, you are the Messiah, you're the one who's come to save not only me, but this entire nation from, uh, from Roman rule. You're the one who's come to, to save us. And I love how one uh, commentator, his name's Dale Bruner, how he puts it. He says, in this moment, basically Peter is telling him, Peter's response is saying, Jesus, you are the answer. You're the answer to the world around us. You're the answer to what is going on with all this craziness with Roman rule and how tough it is. And so there's just, just this great moment where Peter has, Peter realizes who Jesus really is. You know, it, it clicks for him in this moment. And that's kind of where I kind of want to dive into that. And as I was reading this, there was, there was question, in order to dive in, I kind of want to ask, just share with you the questions I had as I was reading through, through this text and what I got from it. I think the first question was, why does Jesus ask this question in the first place? What is he looking for? Now, I kind of already talked about. He asked it, I believe, to get them to stop and think. You know, he gets them to stop and think about, okay, guys, who am I? Who do you say I am? Kind of like the moment in in the, this is kind of the connection back to the Red Robin story. Even it's a little different. When I got asked the question, who are you? It made me stop and actually think about that question. It made me stop and think, okay, who am I? Jesus in this moment gets these guys to stop. You know, they've been traveling around doing all this. He gets a moment where he gets them to stop and say, who am I to you? And then next question is, 
what does it mean for Peter to say, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God? And I, and I just talked about that, you know. And I think it, there's, there's a great depth to what he says that we don't necessarily understand. Because really in that moment, he is telling, he's, what he's saying about Jesus is, you are the answer to everything. You're not just a prophet. You're not just a teacher. You're not just another one of us. There is something different and unique about you. And you've come to make a difference and a change in our lives. Then, if you move on to the next verse, and Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And that kind of clues us in to what, to what happens here in this moment. So Simon Peter has this moment where he, it clicks. He realizes, hey, no, this guy, this guy is Jesus. Like, you know those, those prophets who they're prophesying about? This is the guy. But then the verse clues us in that Peter didn't do it by himself. It's not like he was sitting there and researching and studying and he just like wrapped his mind around it. No, it says, blessed, it says, but my father in heaven. So Jesus implies that God helped Peter come to this realization. You know, Peter didn't have to do it by himself. Peter wasn't alone in this moment. God helped him see who Jesus is. God helped him see who Jesus was to him and what Jesus could be, that Jesus was the answer to all of these problems. Then, moving on, why does Jesus tell him, and I tell you, you are Peter? So in, early in the chapter, he's Simon Peter. But in this moment, he stops him, stop him and says, and I, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And this is one of the, this was really interesting. Because you have Jesus ask the question, who do you say that I am? Peter responds. Then you have Jesus' response. And basically, Jesus, in his response, tells Peter who he is. See, in this moment, he is no longer just Simon Peter the fisherman. You know, he had this whole identity built up of who he is. He's Simon Peter. His job was a fisherman. Now he's just one of the disciples marching along with Jesus. And then in this moment, Jesus stops him and says, and I tell you, no, you are Peter. He even changes his name. In this moment, Jesus is giving Simon Peter identity in him. Jesus, Jesus is giving him an identity. He changes his name to Peter, which means rock. And then right after that says, and on this rock, I will build my church. So not only is he giving him identity, he's giving him purpose in life. So there's this moment where Peter stops and says, no, you are the Messiah. He has this moment where it clicks with Jesus. And then right away, Jesus gives him identity and gives him a purpose in life moving forward. Now, Peter, obviously, in this moment, doesn't realize what that is. We do, because we get to read on later, how Peter is actually, really does become the rock that the church is built on. You know, he's the one that, if you go on in Acts, once Jesus leaves and goes back to heaven, it falls on Peter and the apostles to start this church. And it's really Peter from which the church is built upon. And I know this all seems scattered a little bit probably right now, but the question is like, okay, this is great for Peter. Great, Peter has an identity now. He has this moment. You know, he's the rock on which the church was built. That's great for Peter. I mean, awesome story for him. Great life. 
what about us today? Like, what does this story and this question mean to us today in this moment in our culture and what's going on? First off, just kind of like just some main points. Um, the commentator Dale Bruner points out that Jesus, he brought the disciples and Peter to this conclusion that he was the Messiah over time. He, he didn't force Peter to make that confession. He didn't force Peter to come to that conclusion. He allowed Peter, he gave him the space and the time to come to that conclusion by himself. Not only by himself, but the time, the time to make that confession and God reveals it to him in that moment. It was, it was after, like, this is years of traveling around with Jesus. So he had time before he makes his confession. No, you are Jesus, the Savior, you know, and, and, and in our day in church, it's kind of all about the confession, confession of faith, you know, to be saved. And I've noticed it's something that gets really, really pushed. And there's not this sense of, no, why don't we actually just walk with you for a while in life? and let you come to that conclusion on your own time. Because that's something between you and God. You know, you can see in this moment that after time, as Peter is walking with God, he's walking with Jesus, God brings them to that place, to that conclusion, where it's finally revealed, where it's finally, it clicks for Peter who Jesus is, that Jesus is more than just a prophet, he is a Messiah. And so part of the encouragement I want to offer to you is that it's okay to question. It's okay to take time with your decision. Like if, if you're still trying to figure out Jesus and who he is, the disciples were still trying to figure out who he is. They're trying to understand him. They don't get it. Peter has this moment where he gets it, and that's great. You know, I just want to encourage you, it's okay to take the time to think and to question. And my encouragement is to walk with Jesus through it. Read the Bible, see Jesus' character, walk through your day with him. And don't, I would say, don't try to force yourself to come to come to a conclusion. I know I've noticed just how in church and now people are just like, get saved now, get saved now, get saved now. And that and that's great. I mean, we all like people to to come to a place where they meet Jesus. But I think you see in the story where Jesus is much more, no, I'm going to come and I'm going to live life with you and I'm going to let you make that decision on your own. And so I know you guys might have pressure and pressure to like get saved or to save people and everything. I would encourage you rather go and live life with people. Come alongside them, live with them, show them what it means to live with Jesus. And I think let them come to that conclusion. And in another turn, it's through this exchange with Jesus that Peter receives identity. You know, it's after his confession that Jesus comes to him and says, no, you are Peter. I know what the world says about you. I know this world has given you identity. I don't care about that. In this moment, you are Peter. You are the rock on which I will build my church. I don't know what people have said about your life. I don't, I don't know what identity you've taken on or whatever. I just know Jesus also has something to say about you. Jesus also 
has an identity for you. You know, as we see Simon Peter, fisherman, apostle, all this stuff, comes and says, no, you are the rock. I'm going to build my church on you. So my encouragement in life, I mean, encouragement to you guys is in life, when you, when you have that moment, when you come to realize who Jesus is, I think it's really cool because I think in that moment, Jesus also gives you identity. You know, know that Jesus is speaking over you and that Jesus has something to say about your life. You know, no matter what everyone else in, in, in this world has said about you, no matter what identity has been even forced on you or placed on you, Jesus also has an identity. Jesus has an identity for you. He has something to say about you. And what he says is kind of the final word. What he says about you is really what counts. As you see with Peter, what does Peter become? He becomes the rock of the church. He's the one in which the, Jesus builds the church upon. And he's the one like all churches today, a lot of them look up to Peter. Even the Catholic church, Peter is just huge. Even to this day, we're still talking about Peter and how he's the rock of the church. How, how incredible is that? And how incredible of it is an identity that Jesus is speaking over you, you know? And I can guarantee you that he wants to reveal that identity to you. As he revealed himself to, to Peter, he will reveal your, himself to you and give you that identity, that identity in him. And it's an exciting moment. But I also want to encourage you, too, because... Peter is also very real. He gets this identity, you know, and he's like, oh, I'm going to be the rock. going to be, you know, I'm, I bet he's pretty stoked. I mean, I would be pretty happy. I'd be like, well, that's, that's cool. I get to be the rock in which the church is built. You know, my name's rock now. Even in one of the translations, it says Rocky. It just says, you're no longer Simon Peter. You are just Rocky. It doesn't even say Peter. And, but by the end of this chapter, Peter messes up. Peter messes up. Jesus rebukes him and is like, no, get behind me, Satan, is what he says to Peter at the end of this chapter. There's something very human and real about Peter in this moment. You know, it's, it's like us. We have moments where we're just super high, we're soaring. Life hits and we hit the bottom. But the cool thing about this is that even though Peter messes up right after this, what Jesus has said about him and the identity that he has given him has not changed, and it does not change. And Peter makes plenty of more mistakes, some pretty big ones further along the road. But guess what? It doesn't matter, because Jesus already gave him identity, already said, no, this is, this is what I say about you. This is the purpose I have for your life. Even though you are messing up and all that, that has not changed what I say about you. That has not changed what I have planned for your life. And that, and that's extended to you guys as well. We are going to mess up. We are going to have moments where we just, for the life of us, we just can't seem to do anything right. You know, we're just, life is not going well. We're trying to get right with God. We're, we're trying to get right with the people around us and things are not going well. We're struggling to figure out who we are. But God says, no, this is who you are. Yeah, you might be having a hard time. You might not know who you are and you're struggling. But I still say you are so-and-so, insert your name there. This is the identity I have for you. 
no matter what you do, you cannot change the identity I've given you. You cannot change what I have spoken over your life. And so this raises the question is, is who is Jesus to you? You know, before Peter gets this identity, has this moment, it all started with the question, but who do you say that I am? I think it's, I think it's a really powerful question. Who do you say I am? It forces you to stop and think. It forced, forced me to stop and, and think, who do I say Jesus is? Do I say what everyone else is saying? Oh, he's one of the great prophets. Oh, he's a great teacher. In this world today, a lot of times you hear something like he's a great moral teacher. You know, we can learn a lot from Jesus and what he says about how to be a good person. Or is he something more? Peter, in this moment, he's something more. He is the answer. He is the savior for Israel. For you, what, who is Jesus? And I wish I could stand up here and tell you what to say and everything, but I think that's, that's something you have to figure out on your own. No one else can tell you who Jesus is to you. As you see in this moment, it's Peter who speaks up and says, Lord, this is who you are to me. And they have this moment and God reveals to Peter who he is, and then you have this great giving of identity and purpose. So I, and I want to encourage you that Jesus is patient. God is patient to hear your response. With the apostles, as we just, as I talked about, he walked with them for years. He spent time with them. And then he paused and ask them a question. He didn't force them to respond to the question. He didn't say you have to respond to the question. He just threw out the question and waited for their response. And I know he's doing, and I think this question is not just for them. I think it's for us today too. But I also want to encourage you, he's patiently waiting for your response. I think he's asking the question every single day. Okay, who who do you say I am? Who am I to you? Yeah, I think he's still even asking me to this day. Okay, today, who, who am I to you? So I want to encourage you to walk with him for a while. You don't have to answer the question right away. You don't have to answer the question five minutes, you know, or during the altar car, altar call moment in church. Walk with him a while. See who Jesus is. See what his character is. Read the Bible. Spend time with people here in this church and just get a feel for the kind of character that he is. Peter did it. Peter spent a long time with him before he came and said, no, you're the Messiah, you're the answer. It wasn't just like a right off the bat thing. It took him time to come to this place where he's like, No, this is what you mean to me. This is what you are in my life. And so I encourage you to to do the same. And as you see in these verses, 
God is willing to reveal himself to you. It says that Peter didn't do this alone. God revealed it to him. You know, Peter came to a moment where God revealed who he was to him. It shows a willingness on God's part to reveal himself to you. It shows a willingness on his part to be patient for you. It shows a willingness on his part to invest in your life, to speak identity, to speak purpose. And he's willing to walk with you until you hit that point where you're like, okay, Lord, no, I, I know who you are to me now. And I think when you, you do, like with Peter, it's a great aha moment. And I think his life is forever changed from now on. And he still makes mistakes. He still has hard times in life. He does things where you would think, oh, how's Peter going to get out of this? Like, there's no way, like, Jesus is going to bring him back into the fold after this. I mean, like, how could he say that? But no, he still, he still gets brought back in. So who, who do you say that Jesus is? I would encourage you just to ask yourself that question, to ponder it, to think about it, days, months, however long. Let's, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you. Uh, I thank you for who you are and what you've done and for what you're going to do, Lord. Lord, I just thank you that you are so willing to be invested in our lives, Lord, that you are willing to give us identity. You are willing to give us purpose. You are willing to seek us out where we are at, Lord, and to just speak into our lives, Lord. Lord, I just pray your blessing upon everyone here, Lord. Lord, I just ask that they would come to see you as Messiah, the Son of the living God, the answer. And I just ask for this in your great and mighty name. And I thank you, Lord, and I love you, Lord. Amen.